We are back again on Talk Show, the community call here in Dallas, and we are connected around the world. Depending where you are listening to us from, you'll be at a time difference, but we are on the same page. As I announced on Facebook that I'll be teaching tonight on faith. You know, faith is a very important subject for each and every one of us, because without faith, the Bible tells us, it is impossible to please God. When you don't have faith, many things are not going to work in your life. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so how are we going to please God then? The Bible says by faith. Now, what is faith? Now, when we look in the book of Hebrews and chapter number 11, the Bible tells us in verse number one, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When is faith? Faith is now. That's what the book of Hebrews tells us. Now, faith is. Faith is not tomorrow. Faith is not yesterday. Faith is now. Well, the book of Hebrews says, now faith is. Now, what is it? Now, faith is what? Now, faith is the evidence. Now, when we say evidence, what do we mean by evidence? Evidence simply means that actual proof of what you're talking about. So, for example, when somebody goes to court and they want to provide evidence for the crime committed or whatever they did, or a witness is asked to provide evidence. Evidence is proof that what you're saying is the truth. Now, in the book of Hebrews here, God has got a way that he works with us. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, I'm going to read the book of Hebrews, beginning from verse number one, uh, chapter 11, verse number one, to number 12, so that we have a background understanding of what we are talking about today. Now, I'm reading from the uh, King, New King James Version of the Bible, and uh, the Bible reads from verse number one. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then it says in verse 2, For by it the elders obtained a good report, or a good testimony. Now, in the King James Version, it says a good report. Now, in this New King James Version, it's saying a good testimony. Number three, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now here, the writer of Hebrews, uh, who the theologians have all agreed and said it was the Apostle Paul, is setting forth facts. He says in verse number three, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen 
were not made of the things which are visible. Now, this is very simple. All Paul is saying here is that uh, the world was framed by the word of God. You see, the word of God has creative power in it. The word of God has creative power in it. When you speak the word of God, the word of God will change your life. Not only will the word of God change your life, but it will change your circumstances. It will change your surroundings. It will change where you live. It will change the situation you are in. It will change overall. It will change whatever things are holding you back. It's very, very important for us to realize that the word of God is full of life, creative power see uh the spoken word of god is you know referred to as dunamis what is dunamis dunamis is a greek word that means dynamite so when you speak forth the word of god you are releasing dynamite now dynamite mainly as we know in the world today like in zambia they have these copper mines i went underground and visited copper mines i've taken friends of mine who visited me from uh, um here in the United States, from San Antonio, a dear friend of mine came and with his friend Todd, <clears throat> Sammy Tippett. I took them underground to visit the mining, the mines, you know, the mine copper and all that. We went through tunnels, and this guy took us to a place where showed us the dynamites and showed us how they drill through the walls of the ground, plug in the dynamites, clear everybody out and then set it alight, and it explodes and blows a big chunk of rock. In a similar manner, the Word of God will blow chunks of rock in your life. The Word of God will blow things that are hindering you in life. The Word of God will clear the way for you to pass freely and without hindrance just by speaking it. Now, we, you see, the dynamite underground, the guy told us the cables that go a long distance and they connect to this remote switch why remote because you know if you are close and then you turn on the dynamite it will explode you can be trapped there and die and so the man who is with the switch is at a, at a long distance away and that's where they turn on the switch to do the activation now the word of god like that switch that causes the dynamite to blow up is activated by our saying it you see, the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What does that mean? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Or it means exactly what it says. You can kill your future by the words that you speak, and you can bring your future back into life by the words that you speak. So in a similar manner, when you are operating in faith, the things you say matter because they can break or make your life. Now, here the Apostle Paul is clarifying. He says, the worlds that we see were made from the worlds that we don't see by the word of God. Now, you see, when you speak the word of God, everything that we need is in the spirit realms. When we speak forth the word of God, the word of God acts like an arm that goes into the spirit world and retrieves or gets the things that we want done here on earth. You see, here on earth, we have a form of exchange, monetary form of exchange, and that's money. 
When you have $10, you can go to a shop and buy some drinks. They're not going to ask for your shirt, nor your pants, or your shoes. They're going to ask for money because money is the official monetary exchange here on earth to pay for services. You buy a drink. The services that they put into making that Ozaka water, they charge you, okay, for the case, it would be $5.99. You are buying the service and all the work that was done with that amount of money. Now, in a similar way, the things that we need are in the spirit realms. Like Ozaka water or whatever you want. A new home is in the spirit realms. Your new clothes is the spirit. The new job is in the spirit realms. But to bring those things out of the spirit realm into the physical, there is a law that operates. And that law is speaking it. By speaking words of faith, we create our world. You see what I'm saying? I remember many years ago when God touched me in 1980. I was working for a power company, but God called me into the ministry, see? And I started speaking forth what God had said. I started to say, no, God is going to send me to Nigeria. God is going to send me to the United States. I'm going to travel around the world. You see, I was speaking it even before it happened. I had no passport. I had nothing. But because of my speaking it, I got a passport. Because of my speaking it, God opened doors for me to go to Nigeria, where I was for 24 years. Because I was speaking it. God began opening doors. I started preaching in Sweden. I started preaching in Holland. I started preaching in South Wales. I started preaching in, 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 in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, going all over London. Why? Because I activated my faith by speaking it. And so when God wanted to bring things on this world, in this world, he said, okay, there's the sunshine. There must be the trees. There must be the rivers. He spoke them into existence. In the same way, we need to speak into existence the things that we want to happen in our lives. If we don't, nothing is going to change. Now, here the Apostle Paul gives us further examples of people of faith. He says in verse 4, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. Verse number five. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God by faith. See, Enoch was a man of faith, just like Elijah. Enoch had walked with God. That's what the Bible said. And he was not. What does it mean he was not? What it means is that Enoch disappeared from the planet. <laughs> they looked for Enoch. They couldn't find him. What happened to Enoch? God took Enoch to heaven alive. The thing that caused Enoch to be taken to heaven was his faith. See, faith can transport you. Faith is the one that is going to change us from the way we are now to a spiritual body. You see, our bodies are going to change into what we call the spiritual body. You know, a glorified body. The same body that Jesus has in heaven is what we're going to have when we get to heaven ourselves. You see, flesh and blood, that means flesh. The flesh, when you touch your hand, your body is called flesh and blood. 
For you to live on earth, you must have blood in your vessels because blood transports the oxygen throughout your body to the brain to make you think. The whole body carries food which is distributed through the nails to give you energy. So this flesh and blood is only for the earth. In heaven, we don't have flesh and blood. In heaven, we have a glorified body like Jesus. You see, when Jesus died at the cross of Calvary, all the blood was drained and came down to pay for our sacrifice, for the remission of sin. When Jesus rose from the dead, he had no blood in, the, in his vessels. See, he paid the, the price that God demanded for our salvation, for the forgiveness of our sins. You see what I'm saying? And so now Jesus, after three days and three nights in the tomb, on the third day, he was raised from the dead by God. The, the one who actually raised Jesus from the dead is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost raised Jesus from the dead. And it's the same Holy Ghost who is going to raise us from the dead when we die. And because we do not know where heaven is, the Holy Ghost raises up us from the dead. And then the angels of God take us into the bosom of God in heaven. So we know where we are. Finally, we know we are in heaven. But the point I'm trying to make here is that the power that raised Jesus from the dead, that quickened him, is the same power that's going to quicken us to give us life so that we can see God. So in heaven, we, in the next kingdom, we don't need blood. No, we shall live by the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of God is going to be the driving dynamo that's going to drive us to do whatever we want to do in the kingdom to come. But here the prophet Paul is saying Enoch was not for God took him by faith. You see, you can live such a righteous life that God at that time, by his grace, he took Enoch. The only two people I know of in scripture who went alive to heaven is Enoch and Elijah. These two people went to heaven with their earthly bodies. They, the Bible said at the right time, they're going to come back to the earth. There will be the two great witnesses during the great tribulation, and they're going to die in the great tribulation, uh, their natural death, then to inherit the spiritual body eventually. But the beloved ones, I'd like to assure you that when the God says it's by faith that you please him, there's no other way you're going to please God. You might say, oh, Bishop Mwamba, I can please God by doing good deeds. I'm going to give to the poor. I'm going to give to the orphans. I'm going to go on missions to Europe. All those things are okay, but you must have a starting point. And the starting point is you must give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and be born again. You see, here in Dallas, Texas, where I'm broadcasting from, we have a vision to build the kingdom of God, and we are going to build it by faith. When I say by faith, I mean we're going to build it by the power of God. So we are going to build the kingdom of God. Now we, we are targeting Plano. I, I work in Plano myself, and I know many people. I've seen a lot of Zambians who live in Plano. They have been telling me, oh, Bishop Mwamba, why don't you start a church here in Plano? Oh, why don't you start a church? Let's, let's have something moving. Let's have something moving. And I told them, look, we are starting a church. So I opened up a page on Facebook named Plano Congregation. And I put all the names of all those people who said they wanted a church in Plano and all that. I've, had, I've added them to the group. And I've also got a messenger 
uh, thread where this teaching will be posted on that page. So I'll be teaching like this on 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 a, a talk show, community, a, 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 you know, medium of communication. Then I'll be posting my teachings on the thread for Preno Church. Now, eventually, when we get and acquire a venue, we are going to ask all those people who have been listening to this broadcast in Plano to come to the opening, physical opening of the church in Plano. So I have a number of people who have already enlisted. You know, I don't want to call their names up here, but they are there. And they said, Bishop, we are there with you. We want to see the church grow. We are there. We will back you up, and we're going to make sure this work grows. So all those in Plano, if you're listening to this message, and you say, Bishop Wamba, I want to be part and parcel of this vision, I encourage you to contact me on an email. Use this email, Word of Life Bible Church, 242, 242 at gmail.com. You can also use our Bible college uh, uh, email. We have a Bible college which we do online. We have students in England. We have students in Tanzania, in Malawi, South Africa. They just graduated. In fact, we got all their certificates done. Uh, we encourage all our students to get ready for graduation. It's taking place on March the 25th. Now, since they are students who study online, our graduation will be online. We're going to have all the regalia. We're going to put on our cap and gown. We're going to have the certificates presented, and then we're going to post it on Facebook. And all our students, I told them, those who need their cap and gowns, to send their money so we can uh, obtain the cap and gowns for them. So they can have a picture, send it to us, and we'll, we'll post that picture on to, onto our website on Word of Life Bible College. By the way, we have our own website. The Word of Life Bible College, which we started to build, is wordoflifebiblecollege.net. Now, we are still building that site, and once it's done and ready, you can access, you can get, you know, uh, the, the, the subjects that we study. You can look at uh, the faculty that we have, and you can, you can, you know, interact with us from that particular website. But today, you know, my main point of uh, broadcasting was to get you geared in to realize that it's only by faith that we can please God, like the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11. Now, I want to read from verse 6. This is the one I began with there in Hebrews 11, 6. The Bible said, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, before God can reward you, you must first believe that he is. Now, what does it mean to believe that he is? To believe that he is, you believe that actually God exists. <laughs> I used to, you know, I, I was anti-God. I mean, I never believed in God. You know, I mean, I, my mother took me to the Catholic Church when I was young. And she forced us to go to church. But eventually we liked it. Me, my sister, and my siblings, my mother, every Sunday, she would dress us up for church and we'd go to the Catholic church. And, you know, in the Catholic church, there's this big offering basket, but it was a, a plate. So she would give us, each one of us, a penny. <laughs> and those pennies had a little hole, you know, in the middle. Penny. It was a British penny because Zambia was a British colony. 
So the money we use were pounds and shillings. We use the British currency in Zambia. So anyway, my mother would give me a penny, and my sister and we'll go to church and give it in the offering. Eventually, I think I was like six or seven years old. My mother said, no, you, I was, I'll register you to become an altar boy. So I was registered to become an altar boy and started serving the mass with a priest. We would uh, be there when the priest, you know, would dress up in the top white, red skirt, and uh, a red a little overlap by the neck. The priest would be dressing up in his uh, priestly garments. We would help to dress him up and all that, you know. Then we'll go to the altar. There'll be about, uh, uh, sometimes six, six, there'll be about 12 of us altar boys. And each one of the altar boys, we had the responsibility of what to do in the service. I remember those days I used to pray in Latin. Uh, some of the ways I can't even, you know, remember what they mean. Would say, I could emulate Scottie to do my frequent minkus. I don't know what that means even up to today. I'm going to ask for interpretation anyway. But the point is, we prayed in Latin together with the priest. But during all those years, I never knew God, you see, until a friend of mine, uh, an old schoolmate of mine, Catherine Namonje, came and started talking about the goodness of God. He said, you know, God is so good. You know, I don't have any problems, she said. Anytime I have a problem, all I do is pray. So I never heard anybody talk like that. So I said to myself, hey, you know, I'm going to try what this woman is talking about. So when she left, she invited me to go to the Nessus Fellowship. I thought, okay, I'll come. But as I was getting ready, I got to pray. I said, God, if you be there, I started writing a prayer on a, uh, a reporter's jot pad. The power of God hit me, and I fell to the ground and started to, to uh, see visions of things. From that day onwards, I explained to Catherine Amonje when she came, I said, look what happened. She said, oh, no, God touched you. God touched you. And then she led me in a prayer to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that has been many years ago. It's almost some 40 years ago (laughs) when I was born again. But since then, my life became different. I started to seek the face of God. I started to seek the truth. This is what we are talking about here. You have to have the truth of God to understand God. You must believe that he is, that he's alive, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek after him. You know, to diligently means with consistency. To be diligent means you are on it and you don't give up, neither do you slacken. That is diligence. When somebody is diligent on their job, they are on time, they are there with their assignment, with the thing they got to do, and they do it on time and finish it. Nicely with with excellency of performance. So he says those who diligently seek him are going to be rewarded by God. You see? Now, being diligent means you pray to him. You read the word of God. You study the scriptures. Being diligent means you believe that he is. He said, Paul said, those who come to God must believe that he is. And that is a rewarder of them that diligently seek after him. Now, to be diligently seeking after God is like what we do, you know, teaching the students day in and out around the world. We have an online Bible school. We teach students around the world. Diligent means we, we, we are witnessing to those who don't know Jesus and spreading the word of God around the world. This is very important. 
You see, your diligence in Jesus or the diligence in God will never go unrewarded. God sees our labor of faith, and eventually we shall be rewarded. What I do preaching, see, like I'm preaching right now, I'm teaching you, wherever you're listening to me, on faith. My reward is not so much going to come from you. God is the one who's going to reward me. I've, you know, Paul, you know, King David said, I've been young, and now I am old. He said, I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. What does that mean? David was saying, I've been serving God diligently. I've never seen those who seek the face of God go hungry or in lack. And he said, I've not even seen their offspring. That's the children and children's children go suffering without food, without clothing, and without basic needs. Why? Because God will meet you at your point of need. So, beloved one, I'm here to encourage you, wherever you are. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to pray this prayer with me so that you can receive the Lord and your life is going to be different. Pray with me and say, Oh God, I thank you that you sent your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came and died for me at the cross of Calvary. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died. I receive you now as my personal Lord and Savior. Save me now, Jesus. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for washing me clean with your blood. I'm now born again. I'm a child of God. And my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Thank you for saving me. Amen. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, you heard the prayer of that beloved one, wherever they are. They prayed faithfully to you, asking for your grace. I pray for them that you touch them from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. If they are sick in body, heal them, Lord. Whatsoever they need from your hand, provide it for them, for you are the God of provision. I ask that, Lord, they'll find a church where they'll plug in, where they'll grow, and where they'll save you faithfully all the days of their life. Father, I thank you that you have written their name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And on that day, they're not going to go to hell, but they shall come with you and with us all who believe in you to celebrate life everlasting for you in heaven forever and ever and ever. Assign an angel to be with them, to protect them from the reach of the devil. I bind the forces of Satan and the powers of the devil that they will not reach them, but that, that your mighty hand shall prevail over their life. Thank you, Lord, for today's study. I pray that you open up a day for us again. In Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving. We bless you, Master, for being with us for these 30 minutes that we have been in your presence. We bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, beloved one, I'll be having another broadcast. Watch out for the announcement. I'm going to broadcast again here on uh, uh, talk show, uh, community uh, broadcast, and I'm going to share again Continuing on faith. God bless you. This is Bishop Dr. Lawrence Mwamba signing off here in Dallas, Texas, the United States of America, and saying God bless you. We'll talk to you again, and bye-bye.